Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hello, everyone. This is Episode 8, Backpacking and Blisters. Thanks for joining us again. We've gotten a lot of great feedback from everybody, and I'm glad to have listeners popping in. Today's episode, Carl, is Rangers, friends or foes. Carl, how are you mm. doing? How are, doing are you? I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah, I'm doing I, great. I'm actually really excited about this episode. I got a really good story for you guys before we start today. So I I just started using, I don't know if people overseas and you know other countries are familiar with Uber. It's basically a personal taxi service you call and get a ride to go wherever you want. Now they also started doing food. They'll go get your food from anywhere and bring right. it to your house. So it's called Uber Eats, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've, been, I've never used it. I called it up. I'm like, let's do this. So I get some food and uh, I think we were doing a podcast while I ordered the food, which was pretty stupid. So which they come to the uh, i want to say five or six maybe yeah it was not yeah so i i lost track of time it said it was gonna take like 45 minutes so it probably was like 50 minutes and i get this phone call (laughs) from this guy who's from you know not america and he's like uh your food's here come out (laughs) and i'm like that was a little abrupt, but okay. So I go outside, and he just starts laughing at me. He's like, you're so lucky. You are so lucky. And he throws the food at me and drives away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. I just thought it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh, anyway, He threw so, the food at you. He threw my bag of food at me. He's like, you're so lucky. Yeah, You're so lucky. And then he just drove away. Well, I can say that if you look up crazy stories involving uber on the internet that's probably the mildest of the bunch i'm gonna agree with you on that yeah Yeah. so i think you got away i think you're pretty lucky and um i mean i could have just like leaned over and thrown up in his car or something i didn't go that extreme but yeah and it would be hard to throw up if you were on empty there because you hadn't had the food yet i can make it happen (laughs) i've puked up stomach bile so i can make it happen okay that's good to know i was an act i was an actor at one point so you know you gotta dig deep (laughs) that'll tie into a later episode i'm sure yeah let's get move away from that the stomach bile story and move towards so be it rangers so i think when you think of like a ranger you think of like the friendly person with like the wide brimmed hat who has like the horse the horse sometimes the llama sometimes but who has just like a um, endless resource of knowledge and wisdom flowing out of them that kind of uh, revolves around the front country, the back country, anything, national park, national forest, whatever. And so it's kind of weird that we have this title, friends or foes. But I think that if you've been backpacking long enough, you probably have had an encounter with the ranger or or with, with some sort of authority over the trails that has um, left you 
disappointed to say the least it's it's kind of like good cop bad cop i mean there's good cops and there's cops you're like really do i need to be in trouble for this and they just they just aren't you know the friendly and and when you're out in the middle of nowhere it's like you know the ranger has that stereotype of like he's the end all be all of safety and security so to speak so or she or she or she absolutely we've met a lot of she's out there and so when you get a sour one that's when the fun happens. Well, so. I, I don't think I was going to go down that road, though. I'm, you know, everybody has their good days and their bad days. But before we jump in, the verse that I had that actually I thought of for this uh, particular podcast was First Peter 2.13, the very beginning, which says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. And mm. so I'm going to try to keep that in mind and try to um, not be disrespectful or or belittling of the rangers and the jobs they do because they do some awesome jobs and they have um, at times uh, like a pretty darn tough job. And I've gotten to know a lot of rangers over the years and some of the things they, they do, I definitely don't envy. But mm. well, before we get to that point though, kind of getting back to the verse, would you, when it's talking about submitting to every human authority, would you dare count a, a ranger in like the human authority realm? In the, in the authority realm? Yeah, absolutely. I think anytime you're out in the middle of, the wilderness and a male or female ranger comes up to you. I don't, it doesn't even matter. It's like they obviously uh, in general, especially if you're a newer backpacker or older backpacker um, should be the authority in the sense of like, they know the terrain probably better than you do. And they know what's, and they know what's been going on. uh, Even if you're an experienced hiker, they probably know what's going on at the current time because they've been hanging out there maybe for the past, two, three weeks, month, right. couple months. And then here I come in, you know, oh, I'm a great backpacker, but I don't know. Hey, there was snow up on that mountain drift. Hey, there was a rock slide. Hey, there's been a couple bear settings over here. Like, I don't know any of that stuff. Right. So it's always good to be humble enough to be accepting of like advice or input from somebody who's uh, qualified. For sure. And I think one word that you use twice there is the word probably, where you said they probably know more, probably this, probably that. <laughs> and I think that's where we're going to sort of diverge I th- with kind of our take on the situation in still trying to show respect to the Rangers. I'm going to point out and hopefully come up with solutions to some of the issues that you might encounter or that the Rangers might provide for you, whether they're trying to or not. Um, I don't, honestly, some of them I don't know that I have good solutions for, but at least people that have had some experiences can can also agree or lament with the same concerns or issues. So, so I think what we're going to do is I'm going to play the the role of the ranger being the foe and three ways they can be your foe. They can be um, not quite the villain, but they can definitely be butting heads with you, whether it's mm-hmm. out on the trail. You kind of mentioned out on the trail, but they're also in the ranger station as well. Um, mm-hmm. And you are going to point out how they can be our friends. So, sure. And we'll yeah. see who's got the stronger argument here. Let's let's do it. I think you do, but I think I still will make some <laughs> I know, cases I here. Know I, do. <laughs> I don't need to like really try on this one, but we're gonna do it anyway. I've got some good stuff. I want to prepare the listeners for any type of situation as best as possible. So let, let's dive in here. Um, okay, so I think one way a ranger can be your friend, obviously, let's let's start with the obvious. They can give you uh, directions on exactly where you're heading if you're confused by the map or confused by the the trailhead signs that might not be accurate um <laughs> they give you, accurate. <laughs> well you know some parts we've gone to it's like is this the right way? so usually they're not a big deal but you know the, the ranger's there to obviously point you in the right direction i think that's so uh, are you talking about the ranger out on the trail so you're on the trail and you come across a ranger and you're like that's, I don't know where to go. That's what I have in mind. I know you're maybe thinking of the ranger at the main base 
camp of right. wherever park you're at. And that's, there's obviously two different types. So I'm thinking of that ranger out on the trail that's going to give me the help while I'm out there direction. So that's, that's number one for me. Okay, well, let me just poke holes through that right there. Here we go. Here because we go. I, th- I agree that they can definitely do that. Like, they should know the area that they're they're monitoring. But honestly, like most places, especially if you're talking like not national parks, but like national forest areas, there's not, that's just uncommon. That's not going to happen very often. No, so it's not. In the grand scheme, I don't know how helpful they're going to be if you're not actually encountering them out there. No. Well, it depends on the park, though, too. I mean, how many times have we gone to Yosemite and seen maybe a ranger or two? Right. Not very many. many and then we go to Glacier National, and we saw like four and three hours. Yeah, it, it does. That's what I'm saying so, is, is if it's in a national park, you're definitely more likely to see one. They have, yeah. they have backcountry ranger stations that sometimes, like kind of 50-50 whether they're inhabited or not. But right. in national forests, like I, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a ranger, maybe once in all my years in a national forest area. Which is another reason to be well versed in reading maps right know? which so. is not what this podcast is about but you're right no, that would be so, too boring. so okay I, I like what you say but that i think that's that's a there's a big asterisk on that one if you look i'm gonna start i'm gonna start light and then i'm gonna dive deep fair enough okay i'm gonna start light and dive deep okay kind of related to the movie quote that i have at the beginning of this podcast about mm. you shall not pass Oh, great quote, great quote <laughs> yeah I, so one of the issues that that you can have with a ranger is that more and more, there are rangers that are literally guarding the trails and not allowing you to pass. And let's talk about why. Because of overcrowding, right? That's one of the reasons for sure. But they're, I mean, they're definitely, they're there limiting your access to the backcountry unless, unless, of course, you have the proper permit or proper paperwork. But I can, I mean, just off the top of my head, I can think of four spots where they are literally guarding the trails to make sure you are allowed to go there. Whether that's climbing to the top of Mount Whitney in California, mm-hmm. um, exiting Yosemite over Donahue Pass. A right. new one is that in the last few years, they've been actually guarding the way up Half Dome. Uh, most recently in Glacier National Park, if you wanted to exit the park and actually enter Canada, they they check your passport. That one actually makes sense. That makes, yeah. I mean, the other ones make sense too. But I think the, the real issue here is just permits and kind of how hard they are to get and, and basically the whole permit system in general. So if there's one way, one thing that I would challenge regarding rangers, I don't think that they designed the permit system. I think maybe some of them did, but certainly not all of them. They're there simply to enforce them is that some of the permit systems just don't work very well. So can I just quickly point out two things? First thing is a lot of uh, parks just force you to camp in these backcountry campsites, which are nicely groomed, but if you're trying to get away from people, you're sort of now forced to camp next to like right. the maximum amount of people. Right. And you like picking out campsites, right? I mean, I like it's fun to find them. Right. I mean, you know, Not that's part forced. of the challenge. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely part of the challenge. The other issue is that some parks actually do what's called like a trailhead quota system where they only allow a certain number of people to leave from a particular trailhead. And what that does is if we have, say, you know, a large group, like we have a group, we had a group of eight last summer, and they mm-hmm. only have six slots left, well, now, even though we might be using the same number of tents as a six-person group, our eight-person cr- group can't go there. So, right, right. yeah, and, and then at one point, we actually were forced to say, they said, you know what, you guys start from this trailhead, two of you start from another trailhead, and then sort of meet up a couple miles down the trail. So, yeah. t- isn't that... You have inconvenient. To, well, it's inconvenient, yeah. but it's silly. Like, why does it matter if we right, like right. we're gonna all end up in the same spot anyway? So, I think my solution for this guarding the trails and permit system is simply to um, 
first of all, have all the national parks in the same system and not have like each individual park have their own kind of criteria and way about doing things. Continuity. Kind of, yeah, right. continuity, streamline it, and also to, instead of doing like the, the pack country campsites or the trailhead quota, I would just simply zone the park and say, we're going to allow a certain number of people in like zone one or zone two, regardless of where they start, regardless of where they camp. I feel like a lot of this for you is coming from personal pain. Is that, yes. Do you want to dig deep on this to counsel anything? I, I feel like my number one was more of a vent than a, uh, mm, a <laughs> argument. Vent. But I, I came up with, with fair solutions. I don't know. Go ahead. Challenge, challenge any solution I have. What's wrong with what I said? I'm not saying anything's wrong. It just seems like I think the listeners might agree. Uh, we'll let the listeners decide. Uh, you know what would be awesome that, is if we have some ranger listeners who are like, whoa, that oh, makes wow. some sense. That's true. That's true. But I think everything you're saying is 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 definitely uh, commendable and, and probably correct. I think it's more. It feels like you're venting <laughs> from a place of personal frustration. Yeah. So I just want to make sure you're okay. I mean, if you, you, you want to okay. stop the podcast here and take a break and come back. We can do that. No, I think um, no. Obviously, being the person who gets the permits and ha- and like trying to deal with different systems, like it can be kind of. You know, not overwhelming, but it can be kind of annoying, I guess. Well, that brings up a point I'll bring up after we're done with these top three trail rangers and office rangers. So, all right. Number two. Yeah. You want to jump number two? Number two for me is, you know, and again, I'm thinking more out on the trail, but also at the office, I guess this applies too. You know, there there should be at least a basic source, if not a more intensive source of like first aid and help, or at least being able to contact for you know, helicopter to fly in or something like if I'm like, if one of us, you know, I think we talked about one episode where, you know, if somebody broke their leg and two people have to run back and they run back to the office and like, yo, my buddy's hurt. Here's where he's at. Blah, 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 blah. Hopefully these people are like, they know what to do uh, in a short amount of time when it's intense. Can they call for help? Do they know where the chopper is? Can they get people out there? Whatever. So that's what you kind of hope from a ranger in in an emergency situation, I would think. So yeah, and I think for sure. And I mean, if they're there, they have they have that training. uh, As most of them have training, if not all of them, as a first responder. But yeah, they also have a lot of parks have separate groups, like the search and rescue rescue group, which is actually the people that kind of go take the helicopter and and come and grab you. And but yeah, they they also kind of along those lines can lead search parties and coordinate. Yes, kind of search and rescue stuff as well. I think that that is that is definitely a valuable part of having them out there. And I actually wish there were more of them out there, especially like I was mentioning mm. before, the national forest area. Oh yeah. So, so point Derek on that one. Point me. You're not going to poke holes in it. There's nothing to uh, poke. I, in it? You know what? I don't. think It's so. hard to poke first aid though. Like how do you poke first aid? It, right. And you know what? And yeah. kind of moving beyond that, too, I've t- I was speaking to a ranger where um, he's actually more of a local ranger, but part of his job description is to to kind of deal with the aftermath of stuff. And to if, if somebody doesn't make it, they actually have to remove the bodies from oh, yeah. the wilderness, which, ugh, like, I, I, oh, yeah, I can job. imagine how hard that is. So I, I give them props for sure for that. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. All right, yeah, hard, hard Hard to now, like point out the rangers the foe for <laughs> after you said that but don't worry i guess more <laughs> <laughs> i had no doubt no doubt um, okay so th- this one's fresh so oh boy and this is it's from last this is from last year this is from the summer 
Or this summer? Yeah. Okay. And honestly, this you you had a hard time. I had a hard time, and I don't even care about it as much. You were like, <laughs> let me let me tell you something, listeners. He was so physically annoyed by the amount of rangers we saw. It was pretty annoying. That's, within that's a few not months. what it's about. It's not that's not where I was going with this. I was I was oh, surprised. No, 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 I was surprised. We well, we we saw was it three, four rangers in the first day of hiking on the trail. And we typically like in any other national park or any other area, like I might see like one every few years and so right. like out on the trail. And so to see four in the same day, I was like, all right, I get it. You guys are watching this out here. Ranger <laughs> quota. Yeah. Right. For sure. But that's not what I was talking about. So what I'm talking about, this is, this is the only this has happened. So I don't know if this is going to be a common problem for everybody else, but it is something to be aware of, I think just in case. And this is uh, my number two is providing bad Intel on the trails. Mm -hmm. This happened actually twice to us in Glacier National Park where they, so we kind of show up, it's like, you know, mid to late July. And typically there's a lot of snow like on the mountain passes and such. And so when we show up to get our permit, they're like, yeah, you're going to need some crampons and some snowshoes and an ice ax. And you're going to need to know how to use all those. <laughs> Easy things to pick up right, really quick right. before you go. <laughs> so two issues with that. First of all, the fact that we didn't have them and that we're you know miles from a place that does have them. Second issue is that we, we had a new guy and, and even a lot of the more experienced guys had, have never used an ice axe or crampons and have no experience whatsoever with that oh, stuff. Yeah. So to be like, yeah, we're going to go, you know, like climb over a high mountain pass and like, I don't know like self-arrest down the other side is just ridiculous. So then I thought, you know what? But they keep on telling us how warm this summer's been and how the, the, the snow's been melting. Out. So I was like, are, like, are you for real? Like, do we really need this stuff? And so then I asked her what, like when this report came, like, like when did she get this information? And so she like looked it up. She's like, oh, this is from like a ranger from like three weeks ago. And I was like, three weeks I'm ago. I'm like, so we've had three weeks of heat. What are the chances we need that stuff? So... Now, being an experienced person, I was able to sort of like temper the information with what I know about the mountains versus somebody who's new who might be like, let's, hey, let's drive an hour back into town, buy or rent this stuff and then come back and hoping we can use this stuff appropriately and also carrying, by the way, five more pounds on our backs each. Right. And spending and spending a bunch of money exactly. that you probably didn't need. Yeah. So, that would be really Right. Neat. And so And what a way and what a way to ruin your experience at one of the greatest places to go visit. For sure. For sure. And so you know and she is you know, to her credit was not out on the trail. She's just giving me information that she's kind of told to give me. But then when we did encounter one of those rangers out on the trail, uh we encountered a female ranger who's like, you know what, watch out on this particular pass, watch out for this spot. You might want to climb down but know that below the snow and ice onto the the talus field and kind of hike around that way there's also the snow bridge it might not be very sturdy you might want to hike around on that and so we're getting like intel on the trail and we right. saw like one patch of snow on the trail a very small patch the entire time like what are they looking at like how often i don't know i don't know there? and so um so i was thankful i mean the second bit of advice didn't really matter because we, we could have hiked around it it wasn't like we needed extra gear or anything but i was just right. but it was just interesting to get like so much advice about stuff that never like it wasn't even close it wasn't like it was still wet even it was like completely gone yeah you gotta kind of temper the intel you're getting with common sense maybe ask some local hikers or people that are just getting off the trail like what their experiences are like mm -hmm. so just kind of be aware of that i suppose yeah and to me that is kind of the bigger thing it's like if you see people coming off the trail like hey what was it like up there you know right. i think that's gonna be right. most accurate than the ranger who went up there two weeks ago for sure that's i mean that kind of took all the air out of my my balloon if you will for my third one Perfect. which was they give 
Well, yeah, it was, was point you, I guess, which is really a bummer. I think ideally you want your Rangers to be giving you accurate, good yeah, advice about not mostly. only where to go. Most of the time they do. And and more so like the surroundings, like what can I expect while I'm out here? Because we also had on the same trip, you know, hey, these are the things to watch out for as far as maybe like animals or bears. And, uh, you know, we did see a bear on, or I, I saw one on the trip. Live to tell the tale. I mean, <laughs> I know everybody's shocked, but uh, it, it I, I got away. I outran it. No, I'm just kidding. It would <laughs> never happen. Not even that fast. Um, but yeah, just, I think just advice on what... Because, you know, you've never been to Glacier National, and so you it's nice to have somebody there to be like, yeah, this is the kind of things you can expect uh, from your surroundings. Even even if they're not giving you accurate trail advice, it's still like, give me some advice about what, what I'm around right here. Like, you know, what plant should I stay away from? What, which which berries should I eat? Is there a river up ahead? Can I get some water? You know, things like right. that. So right, you're you're kind of stalling right now. What's your third one? Just just tell us what your third one. That was that was the third. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> that was good. My third one was advice, like information. I give you good advice, okay. And then you just like took it I all did. out. Well, no, I, but I specified that I was like the one time that that happened that didn't go so well, or the two times. Well, let, let's let's clarify then. Let's dive in a, like a an, like a tangent here, like the trail ranger as opposed to the office ranger i mean are they <laughs> fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish it's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home it's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like these are two different rangers. Can I tell opinion. you a quick story about the office ranger? Please. So this past summer I went with my family to Great Sand Dunes National Park, which is in Colorado, and it's just like these awesome sand dunes. And so and I have this like this is kind of like full disclosure here. I have this 
thought like how cool would it actually be to be a national park ranger and so um i I was kind of getting some information about some backpacking permits from this particular ranger and i was like this is really cool that you you know get a chance to live out here and that i mean you have all these amazing trails and this amazing scenery and she was like yeah i don't really ever get out on the trail she's like i'm just an office ranger like people think that we're out on the trail all the time she's like most rangers just sit in the office and i said well okay cool but you must live around here so at least you have access to the trails and you can kind of you know you can go up on the trails on your own or your free time she's like yeah we don't really do that we just kind of drive home <laughs> i was like what a I, know, I was like that's not what i had what in mind <laughs> so where's she getting all our information from oh i, they, from I mean there's trail rangers she just wasn't one of them she's yeah, not one and of i think them. most what of them are yeah it's kind of a bummer all right anyway so you're so giving good information real quick I will say that when I was a young backpacker, this is going to sort of tie into next the next episode, but my very first attempt at this hike that we've referred to as Red Peak Pass, I went kind of early in the season and, the, and at the ranger station, she told us straight up, she's like, you know what, like on the north side of this mountain, it's completely covered in snow. So she's right. like, some people th- have come back and said that is, is a no-go, it's not passable, and some people simply just like glissade down the other side and think it's the most fun thing in the world. So just be aware of that. Oh, so she wow. gave us some good intel, and we actually didn't end up making it because we didn't have close to the right gear or some of the guys didn't have the right fitness level but like for the most part they give you good intel and, and she was totally accurate on that one so i'll yeah. go i'll go so i'll give myself a point i'll give you a point on that one too how about we just take away your okay. point Cole. <laughs> okay. uh that brings us to, to my final one this is going to be a little bit of a controversial one depending upon the people the experience that the listeners have here this has been Ooh, like it. this is like a bane of my backpacking existence right here wow this is a little bit dramatic. No lack of no, drama no, on no. backpacking and blisters. Three, wor- three words. The bear canister. Oh, gosh. I- I'm going to jump on board with you on that one. <laughs> okay. Well, I know I'm not supposed to, but well, I'm there, There's a reason why you're going to jump on board with me, and I'll explain it. So the bear canister, if you have ever had one and you've actually had a bear in camp, you're probably like, this is the best thing ever because it most likely has kept the bear out of your can out of your food and if you put it in the right spot you didn't lose it the bear didn't like kick it down the mountain or anything but if you are an experienced backpacker and you know where to camp and you know how to camp away from bears even in the most bear infested areas then that bear canister is simply a two to three pound dead weight piece of gear in your backpack exactly and so so Derek, we've been on a lot of trips where we were required to carry bear canisters and how many times have they come in handy never I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't even know. I hate them. I I just, I'll be honest. I hate them. I, yeah. And I actually bought two of them just because they're required in so many different spots. Thankfully this past summer, they weren't required. It was awesome. I was super excited about that. We kind of filled that void with bear spray, but that's another story. So, but the bear canister, man, like, like I get it. Like there's people that need to have that out there, especially if you're going to go and camp in the most obvious and common areas. But my solution for this one, which is kind of weak, is to sort of, there should be some sort of like a proficiency test for when you get your permits to know, are you somebody who knows kind of what to do, where to go, where to camp in kind of bear infested areas? Or if it's a place that has like pre-established uh, backpacking sites, simply just like helicopter in or or mule train in those like permanent bear bear boxes there. But can you make that subjective? Or I mean, objective as opposed to something subjective. Know, you know, like not. hey, here's this. You know what I mean? That's where the you know probably not rubber's gonna I, hit the I, road. Would, I would I would create the test something like you know like have you heard of Red Peak Pass? And if they said yes, then they they probably know what they're doing. That's I fair. think just like a, that's fair. I think you could like a one question. You test. should just make that. 
the one question <laughs> test for the whole country. I bet we could get that published and everybody would, you know. You'd be, I think you could get something no, bigger. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I don't know. Like being a teacher, I think that I could probably come up with a test. And in fact... Like, do you wear wool socks or cotton socks? <laughs> you know? Maybe that'll be a future episode is if you can answer these questions correctly, then you pass the do not have to carry a bear canister test. <laughs> what is moleskin? What is moles? That's right. It's, I think it's got to be a, like A, B, C, D type types of questions. I, I like filling yeah. the blank, but you, I will say that, that we, um, we got a permit a couple years ago where the ranger, instead of just like telling me everything, just started asking me questions to see if I knew this stuff. And I appreciated that. Oh, wow. I actually really like that way more than just like you <laughs> see, that's the thing you would yeah. like that. Cause that's your, that totally your MO. Not that I, Everybody else. Well, would, I was like, no, I'm like, we've gotten a permit here a million times. Do you really need to give me the same rundown every single time? And so she's like, well, do you know this and this and this? And she asked me like a handful of questions and then we, then we we're good to go. I was like, that was way more efficient. That was awesome. At any point in that conversation, did you use the word, Touche. <laughs> Touche, uh, Ranger. Probably like three or four. Well served. Well served. <laughs> oh, I think wow. it's time for us to jump into the Let's trivia. Little, Let's get a little trivia going. Let's, uh, okay. I think it's your turn this week. It's my so. turn. And so it's. I try to theme it based upon the topic. You don't, and that's okay. fine. But... <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep you guessing. Yeah, well, I mean, like we, t- we talked about well, the bump of the night and your question was, what do people call hikers in different countries? And that, that was still fun, but not really related. You know what? If you're, but if you're Mr. Legend of the Trail, then uh, you should know all this stuff. It shouldn't, it shouldn't, no, I, I did. I had right I answers. I can't just narrow I had it down. Answers. You did. You okay. did a good job. So I'm going to give you, you, you I'm going to give you an job. easy one here. I would like you to tell me the names of two fictional rangers. And hopefully, like, while you're thinking this, the, the listeners can, like, brainstorm a few and see which ones. Because I've i got a list of, like, what I like, four or so. So we'll see if we, if we have any common ones. Of fake, fake yeah, rangers. Yeah, like from um, movies or TV shows or... Gosh, I know. I'm, I'm thinking of two right now. Well, you guys got to say Is one... Of, well, I can't think of the name. It, one of them's... Uh, is one of them animated? <laughs> but you're thinking of real people so let's no it's fictional it's not real people well can i do wasn't like yogi and boo boo like weren't they They were the bears there's obviously smoky smoky the smoky the the bear is is considered a ranger yes that's one okay so smoky the bear and then i want to say there was like a ranger oh from forrest gump ranger dan lieutenant dan oh no that's that's (laughs) lieutenant dan (laughs) they're in the vietnam war he's probably just like monitoring the force (laughs) <laughs> but think about it they're out there in the jungle yeah. and we could and there's, he, was, he was like he, a ship ranger at one point too wasn't he oh my gosh <laughs> i feel like the word ranger was used though wasn't it used? uh man i'm way up i haven't seen Force yeah there's a, there's a there's a ridiculously obvious one that i can't believe you're getting but there's not oh gosh see when the pressure's on you your mind just like freezes uh give me a hint give me one little um, hint. i referenced the movie already in this podcast where there's a ranger Oh, the ranger, uh, you know, what's his name? King Aragorn you from you Lord of the Rings. Okay, Strider. But wouldn't he technically be considered a ranger back? He's a ranger of even Middle Earth. It, I think that still counts. It's, even though it's fictional, I feel like I've been to New Zealand and seen Middle Earth when I lived there, and it. I thought I saw him, actually. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I've got... So I couldn't think of the ranger's name from um, Yogi Bear. So that was one that... I'm sure there's a ranger. Yeah, there is. He's like the one of the main characters. Uh, The one other ones I thought of where I could actually name them was um, one of the toughest rangers ever was Walker, Texas Ranger. 
that's a good yeah. one. That's a really yeah. good one. He can somehow like all those shows ended up in like a karate scene, which is awesome. Chuck Norris. Yeah. What ranger yeah. knows karate like that? Right? Uh, yeah, just I mean, him. Just, just him. Kind of going old school. Uh, ranger that might wear a mask is the Lone Ranger. That's mm, all I got. Yeah. I know there's more out there. Was there? Was there a Ranger Rick? Yeah, somewhere? but I think he's real because he makes a magazine for kids. But yeah, there's lots of all lots right. of good good Rangers out of for sure. So Carl, let's uh, we've got enough dust in our shoes for one day. Let's wrap this one up. And I'll, let me ask you this question: what, We're trying to create the perfect backpacking trip, correct? And what what kind of takeaway can we get from the Rangers' friends or foes? You think today? So I, obviously, like w- w- the the hope was not to dishonor the Rangers here. And I think for all of the wisdom and all the help and all of the awesomeness that the Rangers provide out on the trail some of the things you just have to take with a grain of salt and to do your own homework at times whether that's talking to hikers or kind of going online and doing your own research and side note there's some room for improvement in terms of the efficiencies of obtaining permits so just kind of keep those things in mind well that'll do it for us today on backpacking and blisters thanks again you guys thanks for all the support out there we've seen from you guys Uh, we want to encourage you guys to visit the facebook page and leave us your comments leave us stories that you guys have about rangers or newbies or, or any of the topics that we've talked about we'd love to incorporate them into the upcoming episodes and uh just keep growing the team we and uh we look forward to seeing you guys Next week, we'll be talking about bear. Yeah, we're entitling it Fools with Bear Spray. Fools with Bear Spray. I mean, I don't know how much more apropos we can get with that. So look forward to seeing you guys. And remember, guys, it's not backpacking unless there's a few blisters along the way. I want to the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western a mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv